Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, hey, hey. But if y'all waiting on me to apologize, hell gonna oh, freeze. Wait. <laughs> welcome one, welcome all. It's the Points in the Paint podcast sponsored by Stadium, Ben Wittenstein. You know who I am. I'm Zach B in the place to be. Zach Badger, I was always in the house. Ben, what's up, player? You know, it's warm. It's March 1st. This is coming out on March 2nd. We're close to March Madness. We're getting closer to the NBA playoffs. I'm doing well, Zach. Doing good. How can you not feel good? How can you not feel good right now? You know, there's always that debate about which month is the best month for sports. And I think it's a real hot debate between March and October. Yeah, it is. Every year I'm like, it comes towards March. I'm like, all right, March is the best month for sure. And then it gets to October, and I'm like, October is the best month yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? College, mm-hmm. it's tough. NFL, you know what I'm saying? It's always tough. But then you got that March yep. madness, that thickness of like the, you know what I'm saying, the college basketball stretch, and everybody loves that. Then you got opening day that's going to hit around the corner. You still got NFL stuff sprinkled in there with the draft and the combine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? See what your team doing during the offseason and all that. And then that playoff stretch coming for the NBA, the most important. The most important part of this podcast. <laughs> yes. And I will say <laughs> I do love I do love March and I do love October. My wallet hates both those months equally because it is always a lot less full at the end of each month because of losing bets, <laughs> going out to drinks, everything in between. Oh yeah, it's all good though. Why? Because all we gotta do is just start doing these parlays and we yeah. straight. He's you know, like, we know. were before we even get into anything, we I do have to say, so we were in the office today talking about betting and you're trying to get me to do these parlays. You're Parlay you're all plays, in on the man. parlays, and maybe man. you can convince me there might be something you could say, there might be something you can do to maybe get me on the parlay train, but I honestly can't I can't do it. I, maybe I just need an extra little push. But I, right now, man, I can't I can't get on the parlay train with you. I'm sorry. Y'all listen, man. Being out here with the parlay for the plus one ten, like what we gonna do with? That. We can't come up <laughs> yeah. like that. We need to come up. We need to add a zero to that. We need the plus one thousand. You know I was getting parlay shamed. <laughs> I'm doing two leg parlays, a little bit, you know, plus one ten, pretty parlay. good money, getting some money. They were winning, but you <laughs> were parlay. you were still shaming me. Just unbelievable. <laughs> just getting parlay shamed out here. Unbelievable. Plus one hundred. <laughs> You can uh, follow the podcast at Points Paint or everywhere you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, mm-hmm. Stitcher, where, wherever it is. We are there. Again, we also have that number um, that you can call. Leave us a voicemail as we get closer to the playoffs. We're going to try to use the voicemail line a little bit more often, 773-273-9088. So let's get into it, Zach. Let's let's go to one big thing. Just one thing. One thing. Mm-hmm. LBT. 
a lot to talk about this week because we're, we're kind of starting to see the playoff field yeah, look a little more clear with what teams are good, what teams are bad. Part. For the most part. And you, of course, wanted to talk about some of the biggest news in the NBA, which is the 76ers. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. They've done a pretty good job. And we had the pleasure to talk with Gina Mizell, you know what I'm saying, this afternoon. Yeah. And she was great giving us her MVP pick. You know, it wasn't too obvious, but, you know, she left some good context and some good reasoning behind her choice. So, you know what I'm saying, we hope everybody, you know, appreciates that listen and gives that interview a good listen and, you know, maybe give us some feedback as well on that, you know. But, yes, the 76ers are 2-0 and since getting James Harden, a person we were both in question on wondering how he was going to either mess this up for MB, you know, and not do too well, but they look good, man. They looking real good, man. What you think? Yeah, it was a little. It's a little scary how good that one two punch looks. <laughs> I think some of their statistics on the pick and roll game between Harden and Embiid is like 120 points per possession or something, something stupid. Where it's like <laughs> it makes sense when you look at it because you look at it in action and it's like, what do you do? How do you defend a Harden Embiid pick and roll? You can't play off of Harden and sag off Harden. He's going to hit the three, but you can't play up on him because Embiid's just going to roll to the basket. Then you're in trouble. You can't really double. You can't switch. Like I don't, I don't know how you defend that pick and roll throughout the entire game. Because if you're switching, you're putting your big man on an island on James Harden. That's a four point play. Waiting to happen. Getting a small guy in bead. And that's a dunk waiting to happen or a three point play. So you know what I'm saying? Like it's just foul trouble waiting to happen when you got those scenarios going with the pick and roll between James Harden and Joel and B being it's so crazy how the first two games, it look like they've been playing together all year. Look like they've been playing together all year. Like they just never yeah. missed a step. And and B even said after the game that we have a lot more work to do. And it was scary how it was scary hours for James Harden in Brooklyn. It's scary minutes now <laughs> for him and Embiid in Philly. It's insane. So let's see. They are producing a 1.28 points per possession on Harden pick and rolls so far, which is the 98th percentile of plays, which is insane. Like they, that's, they haven't even been playing together for weeks They've been playing together for like two games. 98% of the time they're going to score the ball if they're in the pick and roll. That's nuts. (laughs) Yeah, so that's, you know, it's it's a little scary that they are in the top 98th percentile, 1.28 points per possession. It's just this is going to be really dangerous going forward for this team. And we talked more with Gina about this, but she really does think that this elevates the 76ers into a contender. And I, it's hard to disagree. I mean, they lose Seth Curry, so they lose some shooting. But you get James Harden, and so you get everything that comes with him. You get a really good three-point shooter. You get a guy who has become a pretty good distributor, too, especially in the pick and roll. And you pair him with Harden, and you have the surrounding cast of Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey. Like, it's dangerous. It is, it is seriously something every other team – not only in the East, but in the entire NBA needs to worry about because they're going to be coming in hot come playoff time. And they can even emerge into a big three with the development of Tyrese Maxey. Because with Tyrese Maxey being able to be off ball now and not have so much pressure to have the ball in his hand as much and be able to catch and shoot and knock down those same shots that Seth Curry was shooting, they can definitely be dangerous, the Philadelphia 76ers. They definitely can't lose, though, in the second round, though. So we got to see how far they get. We gonna see. Yeah, you know, and everything gets tougher and tighter in the playoffs. So maybe that pick and roll game becomes a little bit more difficult 
to, to do so well for the 76ers in the playoffs. But as of right now, they're just streaking and they're feeling good. The chemistry is there and they're winning games. So you can't really blame them for really feeling that they're, that the finals is like their ceiling at this point. Uh, my one big thing is the Miami Heat defense, Zach. And I, I caught this watching the entire Bulls game the other day and how good that defense really was for the Miami Heat. But you look at this, good, great even, you know, and the Bulls are a good offensive team. They struggle sometimes without Lonzo and Caruso defensively, but offensively they're a really good team. And the, and the Miami Heat just completely stopped them in their tracks. It was it was impressive to watch how good they were. They were doubling on the ball. They were playing like okay. a weird box in one type of zone. I hate it. PJ, I knew it. I knew they yeah, were playing PJ Tucker kind of hovering God. in the paint. You know, they were throwing some weird looks at the Bulls, and it's a yeah, very it's so dynamic true. defense. So yeah, it's they're going to be dangerous coming come playoff time if we're talking about people and teams going to be dangerous. They're sixth in the league in defensive rating. They're first in points given up in the paint. So they give up the least amount of points in the paint than any other team in the NBA this season. And in their last 15 games, they're second in the league in defensive rating. So when everyone's healthy, when they got Jimmy, when they got Bam, that defense is top two in the NBA. Which is insane because they're going to add another piece, potentially, and Victor Oladipo, yeah. another guy who can play some solid defense, you know what I'm saying, create his own offense. You know, he's had some injuries over the course of the last few years, so a lot of people may have forgotten about Vic. But Vic was able to at least come out the gate and get 19, 20 points, you know, with some strong defense, you know, when he when he was out there for Houston. And, those, and that small sample size that we did get before he was ultimately traded to go to Miami. So they're going to have an, another piece to add depth to that already, you know what I'm saying, good team. And granted, you know what I'm saying, we saw the Miami Heat play against that Chicago Bulls team without their Kyle Lowry, without their pit bull out there, you know. So yeah. it, this is a good defensive team. I know offensively, though, they will struggle. I believe they still struggled, and they needed some – they needed uplift from, like, Gabe Vincent. You know what I'm saying? They needed 20 points out of him. And a lot of people who listen to this podcast may not even know who that player is. I love you know I mean? Gabe Vincent. He oh, burns the ball. He's burning the Bulls every time he's playing the Bulls. I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just playing the Bulls or what happens to Gabe Vincent, but he becomes Michael freaking Jordan every time he plays the Bulls. He just hits everything. He scored 20 on them this time. I think he had another 20-point game last time they played at the United Center. I don't know what it is about this guy. It pisses me off watching him as a Bulls fan because I'm just like you're letting this guy take over games. That's when Javante got to come in. Javante Green got to match that. <laughs> yeah, he does. Somehow you got to get Javante just going off on him. You got to so, match that same energy. Yeah, I mean, they're going to need Kyle Lowry to make any type of serious run in the playoffs for sure. Mm -hmm. But if they have everyone healthy, they get Victor Oladipo back. And, you know, he doesn't have to be the number one guy. He doesn't have to really be the number two guy for this team. He can just sit back, kind of do his own thing, play defense. It's a really good position for him. The Heat, it's a team to watch out for, is all I'm saying. Just points to the painters, watch out for the Heat. Because they're number one in the East right now, and they're number one for a reason. And it's their defense, and they just grind out teams. They grind them out to a halt. Bet the under in a lot of their games also, Zach. You want to throw it in a parlay? Be my guest. Throw the Miami Heat unders in a parlay for you. All right, let's do, uh, let's do prison time. Right to jail. World-famous prison time. What are we throwing in NBA jail this week, Zach? We got a... Uh... Talk about this one, because I'm tired. And this is going to segue right into what you're tired of, too. So, we yeah. just, you know what I mean? I'm this is tired perfect. Go hand in hand. I'm tired of Coach Tibbs for the New York Knicks, his rotations. They're losing. They don't, they don't even – it just looks like they don't even want to play for him anymore. Julius Randle doesn't look engaged. 
how he once was. He doesn't look motivated like he did last year. Like it's, they just don't look motivated. And I just blame that uncoached Tibbs for throwing them out there night in and night out playing 37, 38 minutes. And it's just exhausting. They traded for Cam Reddish. He doesn't play a minute hardly. And they could really use him being they're sitting our man's for the rest of the year. Kimba Walker. Yeah. I know he ain't played well, but they are just flat out saying, nope, They're we're done. just shutting him down. And I just find that to be just utterly ridiculous because they still need him. They're going to need Derrick Rose when he comes back from this ankle uh, procedure that he has currently right now that's going on. And so when you have all that transpiring, you got to play the right guys, and you need to limit the amount of time you play your starters if you're Coach Tibbs. He still hasn't learned after all this time. I'm tired of Tibbs. we got to put him in NBA jail, man. <laughs> yeah, Thibodeau should have been fired a long time ago, if we're being honest. And I love the guy for what he did for the Bulls in the early 2010s, but he should have been fired weeks ago for this team and given up double-digit leads, yep. running guys into the ground. This is nothing new. This is nothing, nothing. new for Thibodeau. Yeah. He, he does this constantly. He's done it for the past decade and a half almost. Like, we know what comes with Tom Thibodeau. He doesn't change. He's not changing the rotations. And in a league where superstars are playing fewer and fewer minutes and sitting more often, like, you got to get with the times, Tommy boy. Yeah. <laughs> Stop playing Julius Randle 37 minutes a night. Let him play 28. Let him play 30 minutes. He doesn't need 37 minutes every single night on a random Tuesday game in the middle of January. Like, you don't <laughs> do that. And Tom Thibodeau has not learned at all from lessons he should have learned in Chicago. Facts. Big facts. Now, what are you throwing in NBA jail? <laughs> all right, so this goes along with the New York Knicks being just terrible and embarrassing to watch. Entertaining for non-Knicks fans, but... Just embarrassing for them to watch. I'm going to throw the whoever plans out, whoever schedules the <laughs> NBA national games for ESPN, TNT, throw them in jail, Zach. Get them in NBA jail because what are they doing? They're scheduling the Lakers. They're scheduling the Knicks. They need to flex Ooh. these out, huh? <laughs> oh, that's gross. They need to flex those out. <laughs> yeah, you got to get them out of there. Get them out of there. Put the put the Grizzlies on national TV. What are you doing? Exactly. The Grizzlies are the most fun team in the NBA right now. They're probably one of the most fun teams since the Warriors in like 2015. Like this team loves each other. They play with each other. They got great chemistry. Boss. They have Ja freaking Morant. Like this guy should be the face of the NBA everywhere. He's as explosive as any player we've seen. He's as fun as any player we've seen. The NBA should be putting him front and center every opportunity they can get. And yet they're going to go with LeBron James and the Lakers, and we're going to watch the Lakers throw balls into the stands and hurt fans every so often. And then we're going to see the Knicks lose double-digit leads and just get laughed at in Madison Square Garden. Where we could just be seeing John Morant jump out of the gym, hit buzzer beaters at halftime with .4 seconds to go. Like, there's so many better options in the NBA who you could put on national television. Hell, put the Phoenix Suns. Put the Phoenix yeah. Suns on national Definitely TV. Bro. Let's see Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, like – Come on, guys. There's better options available right now. Well, shout out to TNT because they're going to have a Memphis game this week that we're going to get into a little bit later. You know what I'm saying? That will be a national televised game. So shout out to Memphis for at least getting that one. one. Yes. You they, know were saying, but they were flexed onto that, too. They were, that wasn't even – that was not planned. They were flexed onto that game. 
So that's a good job. That's a good job by TNT for making sure they got that game. That's probably what Shaq and them saying. All right, listen, we had enough of the Lakers. <laughs> we, we don't want, we don't want to talk about them no more. <laughs> we need to get a different game. ESPN, however, say listen. We got the Knicks for you, and we got the Lakers for you <laughs> tonight. It's going to be tonight in this recording. Those two teams will be playing, and it's going to be definitely frustrating to watch. So if you can tune in to one of your regional games, please do so, because ain't nobody trying to watch the <laughs> Knicks, and ain't nobody trying to watch the Lakers. <laughs> Get an NBA League pass or, you know, hush-hush, find a stream somewhere where you can watch some of these games. <laughs> you can watch the Grizzlies from out of market. There's just so many better options out there that you could watch these teams that are fun and entertaining. Chicago. You don't have Boston. to watch Russell Westbrook have seven turnovers and no assists. You don't have to. No one's forcing you to do that. Even though they're putting him on <laughs> national TV, this is what the NBA is doing. It's it's absurd and insane. And if you want to grow the sport, you got to stop putting these crappy big market teams on television. Mm-hmm. You have to. Big facts. All right, Dunker deny. Let's do some dunk or denying, Zach, uh, because there's obviously a lot going on this week. And I will start with who I am dunking with, and it is the Denver Nuggets. Keep an eye out. You know, you keep your ear to the ground. Right. You put your ear to the ground. You hear that rumble, a little bit of rumble in the distance. That's a Denver Nuggets train coming, Zach. Choo-choo, get on the train, Zach. Here comes the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> They haven't lost the game. They haven't lost the game. I the wagon, which... <laughs> you got to jump on. It's coming by, man. Word. So the Nuggets haven't lost the game in almost a month. They haven't lost since February 11th. They've beaten pretty decent teams. They've had a fairly easy schedule. They've beaten a decent team. They beat the Warriors. Um, they have the sixth best defense in the NBA in the month of February. And they might get Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray back by playoff time. Nikola Jokic is playing at an MVP level. Will Barton is playing really well with this team. Aaron Gordon is playing good defense. He's helping out offensively when he can. The Nuggets were a bit of a shaky team to start the season, but now we're really like, this is like the Nuggets to the max right now. They're playing well. They're not letting small issues get to them. And Jokic is is playing MVP level basketball. Playing better, got better numbers than he did when he won MVP last season, which is crazy. But I got some news for you. Because our boy is potentially coming back mid-March, maybe. MPJ, MPJ, MPJ. He might be on his way back. Yeah, You know what I mean? He might be on his way back joining Nikola Jokic and Aaron Gordon and the rest of the crew. And so when you don't have... You know what I'm saying? Your guard, Jamal Murray, this year because of the torn ACL to get another player like that that's capable of giving you 20, 22 points any given night. Uh, and you know what I'm saying? Our boy, MPJ, Michael Porter Jr., you know what I'm saying? The only way you can really go up, only way to go is up. You know what I'm saying? As far as the ceiling goes for the Denver Nuggets, they could actually potentially climb in the standings if they get MPJ back. Yeah. I, I think it's all only good things. I mean, he, he has his moments of being a little dumb baby, but other than that, he plays well <laughs> defensively for sure. He's he's a sieve defensively. He just you know he lets everything through a little turnstile. So maybe that'll improve once he comes back with the team. But right now they're playing defense at, to the best of their ability. I mean, six in the NBA in in the month of February. I, I don't think that's going to get worse until they get maybe Michael Porter Jr. back and Uh-oh. maybe they get Jamal Murray back for a playoff run. If this team gets everyone back, ooh. Ooh, you better watch out, Zach. You better watch out because they're going to be a fun team. All right, what are you dunking with? I will be dunking with the Lakers. Listen, I know we just pooped all over the Los Angeles Lakers. I know we did. But listen, they're going to make the play-in tournament, okay? 
they're going to make the turn. They're going to make the plan. LeBron's not going to be sitting outside the playing situation. He was in it before. He'll be in it again. They'll win the game and they'll make it to the play-in championship, okay? Now, I don't know if they'll make the playoffs, but they will make the play-in tournament, and they will make the final game for the play-in tournament championship, however you want to call it, for that final spot in the playoffs. I know they've been bad. I know Westbrook giving out seven turnovers, one assist, no assists. I know. But they got LeBron James, and I'm running with Brian until proven otherwise. You feel me? Like, that's just clear-cut playing his day. 29 points a game, 7-8 rebounds, 6-7 assists. Listen, he's doing whatever he can. We know AD made a glass. He day-to-day Davis, so, you know what I'm saying, he going to struggle or whatever. But I know LeBron, and we've seen LeBron wheel and deal the worst teams with the most scrubs to the playoffs, you feel me, to the promised land. So I'm rolling with Brian Brown and the Lakers to make the play-in. I'm dunking with them. <sighs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't. I haven't seen anything good. I have seen nothing yeah, positive come Pelicans from the Lakers. It was bad. <laughs> I have seen nothing positive. What should I believe that they're going to be able to do? I don't get it. I really don't. I, I don't see it, man. I, I really – I, I, they maybe will make the play in. Maybe. You know, they're ninth right now. They're three and a half games out of that 11 spot. And that's, I think, maybe going to be the only thing that saves them is that the Pelicans and the Trailblazers are just a worse team than they are. And they're probably going to lose more games. So that might be what saves them. But I, if they make it into the actual playoffs, I would be shocked. Shocked. <laughs> Absolutely shocked that they would make the playoffs. And well, when they actually do end up making the playoffs, we're going to replay this over and over, and I'm going to look like an idiot. But I really do think that they are not going to make the playoffs. Maybe the playing Ooh. game. I think that's fair. I, I can ride with that, but I don't know if they're going to be making the playoffs. There's just so much wrong with the way that team plays. They're going to be missing Anthony Davis. LeBron James is obviously not in his prime anymore. Russell Westbrook is, who knows, that guy's playing soccer at this point. He might as well be playing a different sport with how poorly he's playing. So I, I don't know. I don't trust them. You know what I'm going to deny, though? What? The idea that the Clippers won't make the play-in because I believe they will make the play-in. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs, but the Los Angeles Clippers without Paul George, without Kawhi Leonard, can still make the play-in tournament because Tyron Lue got those boys playing with a ton of confidence. Reggie Jackson go out there any given night and give you 25, 30, just off confidence alone. You got Lil Kanari using three-point shootouts, so you know he's shooting the ball with a ton of confidence. You know the Morris twin going to do his thing. Zubak on the glass, like Terrence Mann coming off the bench, giving him that spark. Like this team, the Los Angeles Clippers being, it's just surprisingly, like, good. And they win games. If they don't win the games, they're in them. They just beat the Lakers. This is the same thing we talking about. I'm talking about both LA teams making the play. I think they both can, even though one looks more proven that they could actually be in it than the other. The one that's wearing red, black, white, and blue, as opposed to the purple and gold. You know what I mean? But I think both of those teams make the play in tournament situation. I do think that, but I also think the Lakers come out on top and make the playoffs out of that scenario because they got LeBron James. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to bet against LeBron. I like the, the Clippers though are fighters. They, they just fight. They, like you said, Reggie Jackson, he's a fighter. This team fights without their superstars. Maybe get one or both back before the playoffs start, but they could be a fun team. Yeah, they could be a fun, they could be a fun, scrappy playoff team that takes, 
you know, like a one seed or a two seed to six games. Five games. I could see that. I could see them put them up a little bit of a fight. Makes sense to me. They 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 just they annoy teams, right? They they have the ability, at least defensively, to just pester teams, and sometimes that's enough to get a couple games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, let's go to our interview with Gina Mizell, Sixers beat reporter for the Philadelphia Inquirer, talking all about the Seventy Sixers. All right, we want to welcome in the Seventy Sixers beat reporter for the Philadelphia Inquirer, Gina Mizell. Gina, how you doing? I'm great, guys. Ready for a interesting stretch run, but I'm doing well. How are you? How are you? Doing, doing well. pretty good. Very, uh, pretty good. Very intrigued by the 76ers, obviously yeah. making uh, making that move to get James Harden and, and everything that comes with it. How? Because um, we can get into a lot about James Harden, but how how was that first practice, opening practice, and kind of seeing Harden interact with Embiid and, and the rest of the 76ers, and kind of knowing that he was going to be there for the long haul. Sure. Yeah. Well, the first practice that he participated in was actually a few days before um, the All-Star break, and he was still working his way back from the hamstring. And the thing that initially stood out to me is that he was working on kind of going through some shooting drills with Tyrese Maxey, who obviously was this team's point guard um, until James Harden arrived and is a you know second-year player, a, a rising stars guy, somebody that the Sixers think can be a potential all-star in the future. But the fact that he was already working with Tyrese, I thought was a, an interesting and, and good sign. And then, like you mentioned, you know, of course, the, the video kind of went viral of him and Embiid working on their step backs and, and all that stuff. But I think that just sort of shows that he's already established a pretty good rapport in, in a quick quick amount of time with his new teammates and so we'll see how that continues to transpire over these last 20 games or so but yeah that was the first thing that sort of struck me was him already trying to work with uh, Tyrese Maxey in that first practice sweet sweet so how would you assess James Harden first couple games as a Philadelphia 76er yeah, I don't think it could have gone any better than it has, to be honest. I mean, he obviously had a near triple-double in that first game against Minnesota and then did have a triple-double, including 16 assists in that game at Madison Square Garden on Sunday afternoon. And so um, you, you look at the chemistry that he's already built on the court with Joel Embiid, who has been terrific still in those two games. Um, you look at the way that someone like Tyrese Maxey has played off of him, now being a little more off the ball. And then the Sixers obviously getting two wins, um, you know, against not the greatest competition. There's going to be a lot tougher games here coming up um, in the next week and, and throughout the month of March. But um, just he looked he looked explosive. He was passing really, really well. Obviously, that step back three was working. He had a couple of those textbook vintage four point plays against the Timberwolves <laughs> in his first game. And so you're like, all right, that's the James Harden that we all know. So. So, yeah, I mean, I, it, it was it couldn't have gone much better as far as the start. And so obviously a very small Sample size, but um, doesn't seem to be a lot of growing pains here, at least initially. So I saw a video on Twitter, um, and this is just like a 10-second clip of Danny Green inbounding the ball after a made basket by the opponent. (laughs) And Harden is right there, and he, like, passes the ball, not at Harden. He kind of passes it away from Harden. Harden's kind of like, what are you doing? Is there – have you heard, have you seen, does it look like there's any, like, chemistry issues at all with him being with the 76 or so far? Honestly, no. And, and I know it's a 10 second clip and that's obviously a thing that a lot of people have seen. But um, that 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 seems to be kind of an, an isolated incident or, or just a, just a hey, uh, you know, trying to trying to get the muscle memory of, you know, James Harden's right there. He might want to want to handle the ball. But honestly, the Sixers right. also have a lot of guys who have kind of 
been forced to bring the ball up and initiate the offense at points this season because this team did not really have a true point guard. Um, and so that could have been a situation like that. I don't want to speak for, for Danny Green, obviously. But, yeah, I mean, and that that is going to be, you know, the – the, the thing that's hovering over this whole um, experiment with James Harden is, you know, people know his reputation. They know that he sort of forced his way out of his last two destinations. And so um, that's going to be your reputation until you change it and until the, there, there's a reason to believe something else. And so, yeah, I mean, so far it's been, um, I, I think, pretty smooth as far as getting himself integrated with this team. But the fact that, uh, you know, that that is something he has dealt with in the past um it, it's going to be something that people are watching i think very closely and seeing, seeing every little interaction with different guys and, and sort of how it it transpires and, and how he, he continues to sort of you know try to build that chemistry with with new teammates so the chemistry with the team is solid how how are the fans uh kind of welcoming harden at this point like how excited are they yeah, very excited. And he, he plays his first home game on, on Wednesday night. So we haven't quite seen him, you know, in that type of atmosphere. But, um, you know, he, he rung the bell in, in Philly, which is obviously a pregame tradition, uh, you know, right before the All-Star break and people were going crazy. And then really, I think the fact that so many fans came up to Madison Square Garden on Sunday and it was sort of the perfect opportunity, a Sunday afternoon game, you can drive or train up and back in, in very easy fashion. But that place had a lot of Sixers fans there, and uh, they were loud. They were chanting. They were cheering. You know, they were encouraging James Harden to get that 10th rebound for his triple-double. Like, you you felt like – you didn't necessarily feel like it was a home game, but their presence was definitely, definitely felt. So I'm very anxious and, and intrigued to see how the atmosphere is like on, on Wednesday when he actually plays in front of the crowd for the first time. But we all know that Sixers fans are passionate, arguably one of the most passionate fan bases in the league. And so um, they have been very excited, I think, number one, to put the Ben Simmons thing behind them. And also to get a a player like James Harden in, in return, um, I think everyone's really pumped about it. How uh, how excited are you for that uh, Ben Simmons versus James Harden game if that if that ever happens in the future this year? Depending on Simmons being healthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it could happen on March 10th, but given Simmons' back troubles, um, I, I'm starting to be less inclined to think that he's going to play in that game. But if that doesn't happen, then can the basketball gods please give us a playoff series? I feel like we deserve it after going through all this stuff uh, for, you know, several months now. And that would be absolute bonkers. Like, there would obviously be stories storylines and narratives and just intriguing subplots galore in a series like that. So, um, yeah, it could come up next week where we see both those guys on the floor. But given Simmons' health um, and just sort of his own reacclimation to not just a new team, but just playing NBA basketball again, um, I'm, I'm starting to maybe think that won't happen. But if that doesn't happen, we need a playoff series. So I'm just putting that on record right now that this needs to happen yeah. in some way. <laughs> and we, we probably both agree with you on that, that we definitely need that. Second round would probably be more likely where it would happen, but we definitely want that. We need that for the NBA. So please, NBA guys, you are correct. <laughs> Let's yeah. make that happen. But how much better is this 76ers team with James Harden? And what's their true ceiling, you believe? Yeah, well, I think this does vault them into contender status, but the East is obviously very crowded. When you look at Miami, you look at you know Milwaukee, you look at uh, you look at Chicago, Cleveland, uh, Boston. Like, there's a lot of just really, really good teams, and so I think how 
how the playoffs, you know, sort of shake out, it's going to depend a lot on matchups and injuries and who's playing well at the right time, you know, all those variables that sort of come into play in the postseason. But before the trade, I sort of thought that the Sixers were maybe, you know, maybe you could win one playoff series, but would be a second round out kind of in that second tier behind the true contenders. But I do think this vaults them into into that you know next tier or that upper tier as far as being a contender. So um, that's going to be really interesting to watch. Um, but I, I wouldn't say they're the favorite in the East by any means. But um, are, are they going to challenge? Uh, I, I think they will. And and obviously this is a team that hasn't gotten past the second round of the playoffs you know during this Joel Embiid era. And so that's going to be really interesting to see if they're able to sort of get over that hump. Um, but yeah, that, that, I think they're the most interesting team in the league, you know, coming down the stretch and into the playoffs just because of all the variables now. But, but yeah, I do think their ceiling is, is, is potentially getting to the finals and winning a title. And that's certainly what they're aiming for already in this season. Out of all the teams that you mentioned in the East, what team, you know, if you're thinking as like a 76ers fan or even like someone in the front office, what team in the East scares you the most? Mm. I would still say Milwaukee just because they're the defending champs and they've sort of coasted through the season, I think, in a, in a lot of ways. And obviously, like, have had Brooke Lopez has been injured and, and a couple other things. But if they can if they can hit that gear that they were hitting during the postseason last year, I mean, I think they're a really scary team for anybody in the NBA, not just in the East. Um, I, I previously covered the Phoenix Suns before I started covering the Sixers. So I, I was at the finals and watched Giannis do what he did. And, and it was pretty incredible. So maybe I have a little bit of a, of a bias um, in that regard, just because I saw it in person, but I, I still think Milwaukee's the favorite until they're not. Um, that's no disrespect to what Miami has done, just being like a silent killer all season. And then, you know, a team like Chicago, that's been a great story or even Cleveland and, you know, down the line, the way Boston's been playing great lately. Um, I, I think there's, there's again, a lot of good teams, but I would still put, I would still give Milwaukee the respect of the defending champs and say that nice. they are favorite until they're not. <laughs> so did you feel like, I know today's the deadline for waivers, but do you feel like they needed to add any other pieces to this Sixers team in order to elevate their chances? Yeah, I think, you know, backup center is obviously the big glaring hole now that Andre Drummond was kind of a late addition to that trade package going to Brooklyn. And so, you know, they got Paul Millsap back in the trade. They signed Willie Cauley-Stein to a 10-day contract last week. But, uh, you know, there have been reports out there that they're the front runner to maybe land someone like a DeAndre Jordan. I don't know how much he would help them, but they do have an open roster spot, and that could be somebody that fills that and you try him at that spot. He obviously has a history with playing for Doc Rivers and playing with Tobias Harris from their time in L.A. So, you know, that's a potential option. But, but yeah, you know, just size and, and rebounding and, and, you know, sort of that area of the game has been one of their weaknesses um, all season long. And, and you lose Andre Drummond, and that certainly doesn't help you in that area. And James Harden, you know, he grabs seven, eight rebounds a game, which is very good for a guard, but he's not going to be someone who's battling inside or protecting the rim when Joel Embiid is off the floor, all that stuff. So, yeah, that's definitely one of the bigger weaknesses for this team right now. And so I'll be curious to see if if they land someone like a DeAndre Jordan, if they get somebody else on the buyout market, if Willie Cauley-Stein is the answer. I don't know if I would rely on that just as the Sixers, but that's definitely the, the biggest hole they have right now just after the trade. So... Joel Embiid, he's been playing out of his mind. He's been yeah. playing lights out this year. But when would you say was the true turning point for Joel Embiid in his career to be playing at this level? Yeah, in his career or this season? Even career or season. 
I, well, yeah, I mean, I think getting healthy obviously was was the first thing in his in his career. But you know, when you look at the season, um, you know, he did not start off very well shooting the ball. I, I remember a game in in Boston in early December when I think he went three for fourteen from the field. Like it was really really bad, just a terrible performance. And just talking to him after the game and sort of the look on his face and just how. Um, frustrated he was and just how how you know antsy he was to start playing better and then he, he they had a game in Atlanta right after that and he played great in that game hit the game winning shot the Sixers came back had a huge fourth quarter comeback and that is sort of what has launched what he's been doing ever since then and and yeah just the way that he's able to to dominate on both ends of the floor the the things he can do with the ball in his hands whether it's taking it off the dribble or distributing or you know he watches he studies Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan and what seven footers you know do that and can legitimately implement those types of elements into their game so yeah i mean the way he's been playing i mean it's like it's it's ho hum when he scores 35 points now which is absolutely insane um so no he's definitely Playing at another level, um, I think people were were curious to see how James Harden would maybe impact his stats, but he still drops you know thirty points a game, and these things <laughs> so hasn't impacted it. If, if nothing else, it's enhanced it because he said he's never been as wide open as he is right now. So I, I can't wait to see how this tandem continues to develop and just his his play down the stretch because he's going to have a lot of eyeballs on him, a lot of nationally televised games. The, the Sixers are going to be in the thick of this playoff chase, and so there there will be tons of opportunity for him to show that he deserves to, to you know potentially be the MVP this year. And on that note, <laughs> who is your league MVP this season? There you go. How about that for a segue? Um, I will go with Embiid right now just because of the way he carried this team through the whole Ben Simmons saga and now getting somebody like James Harden, if he continues to put up the numbers that he's been putting up, I think he's certainly deserving. Um, you know, Nikola Jokic obviously is also an incredible player, having another incredible season and is the reigning MVP. And so um, he, he certainly is a deserving candidate, too. And then you go down the line with Giannis and DeMar DeRozan. And, and there are a lot of a lot of guys who you know certainly are, should be in that conversation. But um, Joel would be would be my pick. Maybe that's a. Maybe that's a pick because I, I watch him every game in person. And <laughs> that. But um, it's that I, I think just when you when you take everything into consideration that this team has gone through this year, if they can, if he pulled them through the drama of of the Ben Simmons saga, and then if they are legitimately you know a contender in the East here at the end of the season, I think he's he's certainly a deserving candidate just based on all of that. Well, there you have it, folks. Gina Mizell, tell the people where they can find your work. Yes, well, we we have all of our stuff at inquirer.com slash Sixers, and then I am on Twitter at Gina Mizell, G-I-N-A-M-I-Z-E-L-L. And, yeah, we'll have all of your all of your Sixers content every single day throughout the rest of this uh, very, very interesting season. There you have it, folks. Sixers beat reporter for the Philadelphia Inquirer. We appreciate having you on on this beautiful Tuesday. Thanks, guys. Want to thank Gina for coming on, Joel Embiid, her MVP, Zach. Mm-hmm. And you know, you see how she, you see how we segued it in there. You know what I'm saying? She just, we just led her right to it. Yeah, we did. Her pick, you know what I'm saying? So that was pretty cool. You know, that she picked Joel, and you know, she, she has a lot of confidence for their ceiling in terms of where they can go. Potentially, the Eastern Conference Finals is what it sounds like is where she believes they should be able to go. And so, you know, so shout out to Gina for coming on and getting in the paint with us. You know what I'm saying? On points in the paint. Always appreciate it. And now, Zach, the world-famous Zach's Game of the Week. Uh-oh. What is your play of the week? You're 9-7 and seven now. 
Yep. And listen, we done went three. We went 0-3. And, and then we what we do? We come out the gate. We got to get one, winner. right? We mm-hmm. get a winner. And we get a winner off the fact that it was an underdog. So we got the underdog winner. And I'm pretty confident this week it's going to be another underdog as well. Because the Timberwolves, they went out money line over the Grizzlies and handled their business last week. So we 9-7. and seven. Let's try to go 10-7, and seven, folks. And let's take the Boston Celtics. Money line against the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, that's right. We gonna fade Mr. Fifty Two Points, the Fifty Burger this week, John Morant, and they been going crazy. The Memphis Grizzlies, they turned, they doing the gritty. They, you know what I'm saying? They turned out there. You know, they doing their thing. They know for real. They doing their thing down there I without agree. question. Without question, you know what I'm saying? Desmond Bain, Jared, Triple J, Triple J rapping. Jared Jackson Jr. rap. I bet you ain't even know that. He out here rapping. He got the little mixtape. You know what I'm saying? They turned out there in Memphis. Yeah. What's, it, what's his rap name? Triple J. It's Triple so funny. J. Triple Jared Jackson Jr. Triple J. Yep, yep. Look him up on Apple Music. Look, Triple we'll J got the music for y'all. But I'm gonna have to fade the Memphis Grizzlies despite despite the fact that they so turned down there in Memphis. I gotta fade them this week and roll with that other team that's been hot lately. Won eight of their last ten games, the Boston Celtics. I'm gonna roll with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown to take care of business and get things done. National televised game Thursday, Boston Celtics money line over the Memphis Grizzlies. Look at that! You're mm-hmm. fading the Grizzlies at a time when they're at their best. Now. The Celtics are also been playing pretty well, so I don't think it's the worst bet in the world to be making it's at the moment. Not. It's we'll not. See. Let's even get yeah. into double-digit wins. A big 1-0. A oh, yes. That's what we're waiting for. You know what I'm saying? We get that 10. You yeah. know what I'm saying? We three, we three games above 500. I'm doing pretty decent. I'm doing pretty <laughs> decent. That's just picking one. See, that's just picking one, but see, you pick the one. But then after you pick the one, you got to parlay it with something. So, you know what I'm saying? I got to get, get the Jalen Brown 20 points and for the Celtics to win. You feel me? I got to get them plus odds, big dog. <laughs> one of these days. One of these days I'll do it. Right now, right now. I'm standing my ground, Zach. I have principles, all right? I need I need to stick with my principles of single bets only. All right, all right. We gonna get him. Listen, <laughs> listen, y'all. We gonna get him. He gonna it's join gonna the parlay player. See, see, he's the only one that ain't really got to put in no application either, y'all. For the for the parlay players, either he uh, he already just he a member if he want to join. That, he, that's all he got to do is just jump in the game. Yeah. But no, see, he holding out and he got other people out here with the waiting list trying to get in, and he <laughs> can just get in when he want to. If, if so you cool. guys, if you guys start making t-shirts. I'll have to start be, trying to be a member then. <laughs> the parlay players, dog. Parlay get, players. Get, get in where you fit in. And that's going <laughs> to conclude this edition of the Points of the Pay podcast presented by Stadium. Make sure you follow myself, Zach Batchhouse, and my main man's been with the on our social handles, respectively, of course. And you can catch at Points Paint on Twitter, on Facebook, and Instagram. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. The Dave King interview is out with Ben Wittenstein. They chopped it up everything Phoenix Suns that is now available on YouTube. You can catch Inside the Association with Cameron Smith, our main man with Shams. They running the three-man weave with Pat Garrity every Thursday on Stadium. Listen to Sharp Lessons. Come on now. You got to listen to Sharp Lessons if you want to make you some top dollars. They're making the single bets. Nate Jacobson and Ben Wednesday dropping their best single bets. Single, <laughs> single. That's week. a key. So you don't want to miss that on, on your betting tips. <laughs>
<laughs> and tape don't lie with Michael Felder for all things football, exclusive interviews, and you will hear from us next week.